Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of Acts, chapter 19. Here's Pastor Ryan. And so we begin uh, in verse 11. It says, Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the Jews, exorcists, took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had spirits saying we exercise you we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches and there were seven sons of Siva a Jewish priest who did so and so we're told here that God worked unusual or unique miracles and that's what the King James says, it, special miracles. They're not like the miracles that you see every day. These were extraordinary, unique miracles. And it was all according to God's grace. His goodness was being poured out so much that people believed that Paul himself didn't have to go visit some sick people that we know. Paul himself didn't have to travel. But we believe, Paul, if we can just have your handkerchief, if we can just have your apron, we'll take that. And that'll inspire faith in them and they'll be healed and, and even demons will be cast out. And guess what happened, guys? The Lord was so upon this early church that God blessed that. God did unique and special miracles, handkerchiefs, aprons. And in Acts chapter 5, we, we saw that also with Peter. Remember that people brought those who were sick, in, in, you know, their deathbeds. They brought them to the apostles. And some thought that, man, if only the shadow of Peter might pass by me, if I can just, if his shadow can just pass by me, then I will be healed. These are special miracles. This doesn't happen every day. It's special. And in the King James, it says that God worked. Here it says unusual in the New King James. But in the King James, it's a special miracle that took place. Now, I believe that the most unique and special miracle that God has ever worked is the miracle of you and me. That he would take us from being blinded and lost and dead in our trespasses from living a life where we can really care less about what God thought like every day and then coming to the Lord experiencing salvation realizing that his death on the cross was for your sins and mine and that through his death all of our sins can be forgiven if we just turn to him and that he rose on the third day. And so, so we too are raised with a new life. A spiritual life. Born again. And he gives us his Holy Spirit. And then now we live our days with an absolute acknowledgement. And a consciousness of God's presence. Everywhere we go. No matter where you go and I go. 
We cannot but think of God. Everything now is, there's a purpose. Creation speaks of his existence, of his hand. To me, that's an absolute miracle. How did you save me? The sin, I did sin here, I did sin there, I did sin here, I did sin there, I did sin here. But I mean, I'm almost like, I can't, I can't believe the miracle. You talk about a strange miracle. Getting a kid who grew up on bad religion, oldies, and gangster rap to be a pastor. That's unusual to the world. But not to God, not to Christianity. That's what he does. It's cool, but not as cool as God saving you from the pit of hell and me. Unbelievable. You are not the same person and neither am I. You are not the same person anymore. If you've heard the Lord and have followed him. You know, is it not an amazing miracle to take a person, and I'm being general here, who was a fornicator, a worshiper of idols, an adulterer, a homosexual, a thief, a covetous person, a drunkard, reveler, or an extortioner, to turn them into a holy man or woman? Isn't that a unique miracle? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 11 says, and and such were some of you. But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. In Colossians 1.13, it says, Our God who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. God saved you and I from darkness, from hell, from thinking like this fallen world thinks, to coming into his truth, his light, what is really going on. And the Lord has shown us, has opened up our eyes. But the power of this healing uh, with the handkerchiefs and the aprons, it wasn't in the handkerchiefs or in the aprons themselves, but it was in the power of God and in the faith of the people who believed in the power of God. Amen. It wasn't the handkerchief. It wasn't the apron. It was the power of God and the faith of the people. And we need to understand that when it comes to miracles, because miracles has its own doctrine, if you will. It does. Because some say that if, if you can't uh, do miracles or, or God doesn't do miracles through you, then you're not as spiritual as you need to be. You're not as mature as you need to be. You're not as holy as you need to be. You're not really saved. I mean, there's so many weird doctrines. So we have to know that with miracles, it really is according to the will of God. Whatever God wants to do, he's free to do. And so the handkerchiefs and the aprons, the power wasn't in them, but in, in God and in the faith of the people. What the garments provided, what the handkerchiefs and the aprons provided, was a contact point of their faith. They believed, oh, that's from Paul? Okay, he's, he's a man of God, he's the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and if I touch that apron, or if I touch his handkerchief, that was a point of faith. It increased their faith. They, they believed, and God honored it for those that he wanted to heal. Amen? So it was a point of contact. We all need our faith to be encouraged and inspired. 
I mean, you, your very life can be a point of contact. The hearing of this word brings faith, the Bible says. So we all desire to have faith that increases. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. That's why the more Bible you can get into your life, the more you're going to believe. I mean, to me, the Bible is a point of contact of faith. Every time I study the word and pray, my goodness, I believe that God can walk on water. I believe that God can stop the storms. My faith grows. Amen. But for some, the handkerchief was a point of contact for their faith. You remember in Matthew 9, there was uh, the woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. And she had spent all her money uh, with the physicians to no avail. The doctors didn't know what was going on. They couldn't help her. She had a flow of blood for 12 years. Ceremonially unclean. Could not be around uh, the rest of, of her family. It was an isolated and sad life. So she went to the Lord as he was walking by and, and thought to, our, to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. And that's what she did. She went up, she touched the hem of his garment. And it activated, it was a point of contact for her faith. And she was healed according to God's will. How do I know? Because she was healed. It was a point of contact. But it had to be according to his will. These miracles, they happened in our story. And these miracles can happen today. I believe that miracles, God is a miracle maker. You can't stop the work of the Lord. He can do whatever he wants. He can do miracles. He is not limited at all. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to, he can, he can do the same thing if he'd like. But we have to remember that, it, that healings, the casting out of demons, these all have to take place according to the will of God. We cannot force God's hands. God desires to heal all people spiritually. God desires to heal all people spiritually. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, Paul says, Our God, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God desires to save everyone spiritually. The greatest problem for mankind is their sins. Humanity as a whole is spiritually dead in their trespasses. And the only way to be resurrected into a spiritual life, born again, is acceptance of the Son of God. God so loved the world, he wants whoever and everyone if they would have him. But, but not all do. But that doesn't change the fact that God desires to heal all people spiritually. But God doesn't necessarily desire to heal all people physically. Some people will be like, what? What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. There are some people that God doesn't necessarily want to heal them of their infirmities while they're here on earth. When God heals people physically, like in our story with the unusual miracle, God gets glorified. Amen? Jesus went all over Galilee and he was healing and he was touching people and they were, they were being healed of their infirmities. That's a beautiful thing and God gets glorified. But at the same time, God can also get glorified 
when he refuses to heal someone of their physical infirmities. He, that can also bring glory to the Lord, guys. When God says no, when God says no to the healing of a physical infirmity and, and, and gives that person the strength to live with that infirmity for the glory of God and for God's purposes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 through 9, Paul wrote concerning his own physical infirmities, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Here's Paul. People were getting demons cast out of them by his handkerchiefs and his apron. He had his own infirmity. Some believe he had an eye issue. He had a physical infirmity and he prayed to God three times. He pleaded with the Lord. He can heal people, but he cannot heal himself in this particular physical ailment that he had. And the Lord said no. And you know what Paul realized? He realized why God had told him no. Because Paul, pride is at your door. And, you, and there's, there's an issue. Paul, if I don't allow you to keep this infirmity, you have so much revelation of God that your head's going to explode. So I'm going to allow this infirmity so that you make sure to be humble. So for Paul's spiritual well-being, God said no to the healing. So recognize that, that we pray for healings because God is the healer. I mean, we pray all the time for healings. You know, I teach my kids, oh, you step your toe, come here, Lord, take the pain away. And who knows if her pain would have hurt more had I not prayed. But we pray for, for healing, for our back, for our headaches, for our diseases. We do, because God can do it. And I believe he can. And if it's according to his will, and we believe it shall happen, for sure. We need to pray daily for God to heal in various ways. I'm not saying don't do it. But know the doctrine that just because he says no, doesn't mean it's because you lack faith. As some of the healing preachers break the hearts of people who go to their healing things, conferences. People feel, you know, we didn't have enough faith or there must be some sin in your life or you know, none of that. How about God just doesn't desire for you to be healed? Is that okay? And with some people, no. Christianity is he heals because I tell him to heal when I tell him to heal. No, 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 no. No. Whatever we have to face, God will give us the strength to face it. He'll either heal it or give us the strength to face it. And we should always pray for healing. But always say, Lord, thy will be done. And Paul, Paul prayed, nothing happened. He prayed again, nothing happened. He prayed a third time, nothing happened. And then God spoke to his heart, dude, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Meanwhile, he can heal all these other people. Great. Can you deal with that? Can you love God 
when you yourself are not being healed of an infirmity that, that you want healed, would you love God to still minister to people knowing that perhaps God will heal them through you? I love to see people with infirmities who love and praise the Lord and are obedient to him because it's easy to praise God when we have our, all our faculty. It's easy to come to church when we feel good. But what, what about on our worst days? What about when we feel, are we still going to praise him? Are we still going to love him? So with Paul, it was a spiritual lesson. But you know what? Many people got healed during Jesus' time by Jesus himself, and they didn't, fall, they didn't continue following him. So miracles alone isn't going to produce the faith for someone to obey God and go to heaven. There's people that he healed that can say, you know what? Thanks for the healing, but I'm going to go live my life now. I don't, I don't need all your rules, Jesus. The ten lepers, remember them? They were in Luke 17. They cried out. They said, have mercy on us. What do you want? That we would be cleansed. And he said, go to the priests and show yourselves. And as they went, they were healed of their leprosy. Leprosy was terrible. Death sentence. It was ostracized from the community. It was your bodies falling apart. Your nerves are going crazy. Skin sores, deformity, smelling, terrible. And the Lord saved these guys. And, and only one of them turned around and was praising God, glorifying him with a loud voice. And fell before the feet of Jesus on his face, thanking him. And Jesus said, wasn't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? Only this Samaritan has come to give glory to God? So there were nine dudes who were completely healed of a death sentence. And they went off without any regard for Jesus Christ. So miracles alone ain't going to save people, change people. He kept, the people kept asking him for miracles and signs. Remember Herod was, who was excited to see Jesus at his trial, remember? And because he wanted us to see a miracle that he had heard. That he's a miracle guy. If we love Jesus, we'll keep his commandments no matter how we are in our health. Another thing we learn about miracles is we shouldn't formulate miracles. You know, there's people that have made healing aprons. I can give this one to you for $29.99. We can just start producing them. You just, I don't think God wants to be formulated. If it happens spontaneously and the Lord leads, I'm all for that. But I'm not into formulating. Jesus did things differently, spontaneously, as, as he desired to do so. He healed people in different ways who had the same infirmities. With one blind guy, remember in Jericho, he was crying out. I think his name was Bartimaeus or something, but he was crying out. And the Lord simply said, go your way. What do you want me to do? He goes, that I would receive my sight. He goes, go away. That's what the Lord said. Go your way. And as he went, he could see. And he turned around and went and worshiped the Lord too. He was grateful. Another guy who was blind, remember? He, the Lord grabbed some dirt on the floor, spit, <laughs> made some clay. And he put it on his eye and he told him, go wash in the spring." And he did, and he came back, and he goes, how do you see? He goes, I see men like trees. And he goes, go back and wash again. And he was able to see. So it was a whole different way, I feel, because God doesn't want us to, like, formulate it. Okay, that's it. We're going to make holy mud. And, and besides, the hospitals would go out of business. And I think it was Benny Hens' nephew, wasn't it? He said, hey, uncle, why, why aren't we at the hospitals? We need to preach the gospel and pray for healings.
I'm all for it. But I don't know about formulating them and, and making merchandise of it. I know that's a lot about miracles, but it is doctrinal. We want to be on the, on the right biblical, scriptural path as we learn to walk with the Lord closer. And so even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. The itinerant Jews. Itinerant means that they were wanderers. They went from town to town. That's what it meant, that they were like vagabonds. They didn't stay in one place. They were traveling exorcists, these Jews. That's what they were. And that's what it means. And uh, they would engage those who were demon-possessed. They would engage the, the spirits trying to cast them out. And these were not religious Jews who would call upon the name of Yahweh to cast them out. They would often read out a list of deities to hopefully name the right God that would cast out the demon. So these guys were completely breaking the law of the Lord of Deuteronomy. These were not like godly men. These were guys who would who would call out to you know, these pagan gods in order to exercise these demons. And they began to use, none of them would work, so guess whose name they used? Jesus, right? It says here, then some of them, they said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, Paul preaches, we exercise you. And then also there were seven sons of Seva, a Jewish priest, who did so. And commentators believe that the seven sons of the of the chief priest, that that this Seva, the chief priest, was probably a supposed one or a self-claimed chief because his sons are doing something that is unlawful. Or may perhaps their father was a legitimate rabbi, but his sons went wayward. Anyways, Luke is letting us know here that it's these seven guys are doing this. They're using the name of Jesus. And then in verse 15, it says, And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Which I absolutely love this verse. <laughs> Jesus I know, who are you? Like, you know? <laughs> now, Jesus I know, the word know here is gnosko in Greek, meaning to interact, to have interacted with, or to have experience with. So the demons are saying, we know Jesus in an experiential way, which is deep, guys, come on. Saying himself goes to the throne of God for permission. The demons believe and tremble at the name of Jesus. So they're saying, we know Jesus. And then when they, when they say, Paul I know, or Paul, Paul we know, Paul I know, the Greek term is episteme, meaning to know about or to understand. So they know, the demons are saying, we know Jesus experiential, and we know about Paul. And I think it's beautiful because they know Jesus, they know Paul, because they are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Why would demons know or care to know experientially or in any way those who simply call on the name of the Lord but aren't a threat to the kingdom of darkness because they don't really know Jesus Christ? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, 
overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This one man took down seven of the sons of Seba, just bombed on them, ripped their, enough to just beat them up. But he, he, he stripped them, he ripped their clothes off and they ran off naked. So this is demonic power upon this poor individual. But the demons had no respect for these exorcists because they weren't men who lived for Christ. There are many people who like to claim they believe in Jesus. They like to claim that they believe in Jesus, but they're not religious. That's the biggest one you'll get, right? I believe in Jesus, but I don't go to church. I don't like established worship. Listen, you're speaking to an ex-punk rock kid. I too did not like establishments. But God's a king, king of a kingdom, and what he says, what the king says he gets. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapel. Bye.